What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today we're going to go through my 15 must-add players off of waivers for week three. I'm a man of the people, all right? I have not showered. I have not eaten breakfast. I have brushed my teeth, and I got right to my desk. We wait to post these until Tuesday morning. Look, I could post a Monday, be one of the first ones to get to the algorithm, maybe get more views, but I'm a man of the people. I want to give the best possible information at all times, so we hold off until the Monday Night Football games to post the waiver wire video. And unfortunately, we had a bunch of injuries. We had the Nick Chubb injury, and we had the Jamal Williams injury, which I'm sure probably not covered on a ton of the YouTube videos posted yesterday, of course. So today, we're going to cover those, because I imagine a lot of you guys are scrambling, looking at the YouTube algorithm this morning, and trying to find some waiver wire that covered what happened last night. And that's what we're going to cover today. So with all that being said, if you enjoy, make sure down below, subscribe, leave a like, let's go. So the ground rules for this video is that every single one of these players are under 50% owned on ESPN. Uh, they're roughly in order, but not really. And I have them sorted by... The first tier of players is priority bids, guys that I would bid 15% or more of my budget on, and then the rest are just ads, guys that I would just add for a few bucks or after waivers roll, just scoop them up. And first up here, and the injury really sucked, man. Uh, as much as you guys know that I've faded Nick Chubb and I don't love him in fantasy football, he is still one of the best players of my generation. He's been amazing. He's very fun to watch. Uh, he's also a really good dude, too. Like You can just tell from in interviews and stuff, like he keeps to himself. He's not flashy or anything. And he had a horrific injury after having a very similar knee injury in college where it was almost like one of those Kevin Ware injuries where you almost have to look away when they happen. Happened again to the same exact knee last night. So we don't know the severity of what happened, but I think we can kind of all assume that most likely uh, Nick Chubb won't be returning this season, which means we turn that over to fantasy and our first priority ad is Jerome Ford here. And in Chubb's absence, Ford was an absolute monster. He had 66% of the snaps. I think it could have even been more than 66%, but he had this one like 60-plus yard run, got tackled at the one-yard line, clearly was gassed, and then Pierre Strong, I think he had two snaps there, and one of them he punched it in for a touchdown. But without that... Ford would have been an absolute bell cow last night. He had 16 carries, four targets, 24 PPR points. Ford's the type of handcuff you unload the clip on. I would probably start around 50%, and I would probably move up or down based on my need at running back and kind of go from there with Jerome Ford. Now, by the way, if you're looking for fab advice to the exact number, that is going to be on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. We're in season every single Tuesday night. I drop a waiver wire article that has more players that are, that, than even what are mentioned on this video. We have some bonus players, and I have them all ranked with exact fab recommendations to bid on them in your leagues. On top of that, you get my weekly rankings, my rest of season rankings, my exclusive star sit streams on Sunday, all of that and more, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. I'll make sure I put a link in the description and in the comment section down below. Now, our next guy we'll talk about here is Zach Moss, who's still another priority ad here. He was going to be my number one priority ad until this morning, which, by the way, you can even see the, the sun coming in. Like, if you're if you're curious, like, what the heck that is, that's just, I'm recording at 9, 10 a.m. right now. Uh, but we have Zach Moss up next as our second waiver wire ad. We're going to go th through around 15 today. Uh, Zach Moss was an absolute bell cow um, and kind of a beast here. Like, if you can't get Jerome Ford, like, Zach Moss is no, is no consolation prize 
Really, the tricky part with him is that you'll have him for week three, you'll have him for week four, and then Jonathan Taylor might be back. But I have seen things been thrown around there that, like, I wouldn't factor this into your Jerome Ford uh, calculation, but, like, maybe the Browns now go try and acquire JT after this Nick Chubb thing. That's super, super out there idea, but JT is still a candidate to be moved or traded. So, I don't know that Zach Moss is going to be a 98% snap guy over an entire season, but it could be longer than just two weeks, depending on kind of what they do with Jonathan Taylor. So something to think about, uh, Zach Moss available in over 65% of leagues here. Uh, my second best waiver wire ad. Next up, we have Matt Breda. And it feels like it feels like all the top running backs are dropping like flies. It's really sad. Uh, we have Saquon Barkley also going down. Uh, this is a blurb from 4 for 4. Uh, Jeff Mueller's their injury guy. 4 for 4 has this article. Uh, that's behind the paywall. So I hope that they aren't too, too pressed with me sort of sharing some of these blurbs, but it's called the training room and Jeff Mueller goes through the mall and kind of gives you a projected timeline and a nice little blurb. It's actually, it's one of the more like must read ish type articles out there. Uh, and Saquon Barkley projected timeline, be back week four to six. So that's missing minimum one week, right? Yeah. Week three, he'd be missing all the way out to like week six. So like one to three weeks is what he's saying here. His initial thoughts, the mechanism of injury appeared to be that of a right high ankle sprain, but we have not heard more information as of me writing this. It has been confirmed that he does have an ankle injury. So it is either low ankle or a high ankle. I think since then it's been reported that it was a, uh, it was a lateral ankle sprain instead of a, a high mechanism. I'm not that guy when it comes to injuries, but it seems like it's less severe than more severe, if that makes sense. So I, I, I would operate with the assumption of like two to three weeks, especially with uh, they have a Thursday night game coming up this week against the 49ers. Of course, Saquon's not playing there. But after that, I mean, he's not live to play that next week, but probably the week after that is when it starts to get, you know, Saquon could come back territory. Uh, of note, the Giants play on Thursday night against the 49ers, so it seems unlikely they'll have him back next week. Hopefully he can return for week four or five. So he's actually sort of, he sort of thinks that week four or five uh, is in the cards here. But at least for this week, Matt Breda is the next man up. Now, I will say he is 28 years old. He hasn't had 15-plus PPR points since 2021. Uh, I would be hesitant to unload the clip on Matt Breda the same way as a Jerome Ford or even a Zach Moss. He's not that level of handcuff uh, where he's like this must start when Saquon is down. 49ers are a brutal matchup. He's splitting this backfield with like Gary Brightwell, who's like kind of a hybrid fullback. Uh, Eric Gray, who they drafted, could be in the mix. I would treat him as like an RB3 until Saquon goes back, comes back, not this like must-start uh, waiver wire handcuff that you grab. Now, the fourth priority ad, which is rare for me to have a priority ad that is a wide receiver, but we have Tutu Atwell, man. Tutu Atwell is here to stay. <laughs> like I, I don't know what else to say, uh, but he is here to stay. Tutu Atwell, uh, I'm surprised that he's available in over 50% of ESPN leagues, but through two weeks, he is the wide receiver 17 in expected points per game. Expected points per game takes into account your targets, your ADOT, your red zone targets. How many points should you have put up? 14.9 expected points per game is crazy. Like, that's right next to Tyler Lockett, Zay Flowers, Debo Samuel. Like, that's a crazy list to be next to. He's been getting volume. He's wide receiver 15 in points per game. He has back-to-back 15-plus point, uh, point games here. And the Rams are the seventh pass-happiest team here in neutral scripts. Shout-out to Hayden Wings for this. The Rams offense, I don't know what happened this year, but the Rams offense... Uh, is not messing around, and you're going to want pieces here. And I know that some people have concerns. I don't really have concerns about the Puka Nakua thing that, like, oh, Cooper Cup's going to come back. Puka Nakua is going to be uh, phased out. He's not. He's going to probably have, like, a Robert Woods type of role, if you guys remember from back in the day when it was Woods Cup. Um, I would almost compare Tutu Owl to, like, that Sammy Watkins role. Uh, I'm trying to think. Did they have, the Rams had Brandon Cooks for a hot second as well. Uh, but something like that where I think 
Tutu Atwell with a 12.8 ADOT, he doesn't really overlap with what Cooper Cup does. So he's this downfield field stretcher, but also can be a gadgety guy hybrid that is a pretty secure role on this offense. So Tutu Atwell, I don't know what the upside is, but wide receiver three flex play uh, for sure moving forward. After that, another priority add, we have the Saints running backs here. Uh, so we had Jamal Williams go down with a hamstring injury, which we've talked with Tom Christ. Shout out him. We have him on every, by the way, if you haven't checked it out, every Saturday uh, I have on Tom Christ. He is a doctor of physical therapy. He really knows his stuff. We talk every Saturday about all the injuries that have happened and kind of what to expect for the Sunday uh, to kind of figure out what you, what you should do with your lineups. And hamstring is a brutal injury to come back from just because like, the minute you come back, it's just like the re-injury rate is so high with these hamstrings. They just nag for a while. Uh, Jamal Williams hurts his hamstring on Monday Night Football, puts his Sunday status in jeopardy here. We don't have Alvin Kamara back until week four. So we have this like one-week window here. So this is a really short-term uh, buy here. But we have Tony Jones, who dominated the snaps. He had 14 opportunities, 15 PPR points. He would be in RB3 versus the Packers next week. Now, I think it's also worth mentioning uh, – Dang, I don't have the... Okay, so I cropped out the Tony Jones uses, but Tony Jones was like the bell cow running back, 14 opportunities. Uh, he had two touchdowns as well. A player to stash is Tony Jones, or not Tony Jones, but uh, Kendra Miller, where if Jamal Williams can't go, Tony Jones is likely the lead back here, but Kendra Miller also has a hamstring injury that he's working back from. If he's ready to go and ready to play for week three, he could be in the mix, and that could be a fun stash where Kamara could come back, Jamal Williams might be gone for another week, and then Kendrick Miller could kind of have that between the tackles gr grinders role next to Alvin Kamara. I don't know why I'm struggling to talk here. It is very early. Just just bear with me, fellas. <laughs> uh, next up, okay, so now we're going to talk through our normal ads. These are guys I wouldn't really break, break the bank on. I will say the first few wide receivers, you can get pretty close to that 15% plus bid if you'd like to. Uh, and first up here, we have Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman, I'm shocked. He is owned in 12.6% of ESPN leagues. That is criminal. That is criminal. I, I think he, he didn't even really have a good box score game, so he might even just slip through waivers again for you guys. Uh, but this is a guy who's still working back from a Liz Frank injury he suffered last year, and he has a prime opportunity to get back to where he was at last year where he was like a top 15 wide receiver in targets per out run and guards per out run and looked really good early on in the season before his Liz Frank injury. And he's now worked his way into two wide receiver sets with the Odell Beckham injury. And he led all wide receivers and snaps at 21 in the second half for the Ravens this week. This was not a blowout. It was a close game all the way through. So that is really good to hear. This is a third-year player. That's breakout territory for wide receivers. That was a former first-round pick. Tons of upside here. Rashawn Bateman, a really, really nice uh, add here that I don't think there's going to be too much uh, competition for in a lot of home leagues. Now, our seventh player here is... Jaden Reed and that just it just kind of starts the rookie wide receiver portion of this list every waiver wire video of mine is going to have a rookie wide receiver portion and this is the reason right here we can see uh I mean even if you want to scroll past Justin Jefferson Amon Ross St. Brown was drafted as the wide receiver 78 he was the wide receiver 5 from week 10 on uh you have Ayuk who was the wide receiver 61 in ADP he was the wide receiver 10 from weeks 10 on Jalen Model was the wide receiver 46 he was the wide receiver 9 from weeks 10 on Christian Watson was the wide receiver 61 he was wide receiver 10 from weeks 10 on uh, what else is in here? You got like Darius Slayton and Terry McLaurin who were drafted outside the top 100 wide receivers and were top 24 guys down the stretch. This is just what rookie wide receivers do, man. You draft them outside the top 50 wide receivers. They come out. They start a little bit slow. And then down the stretch, they are legit top 24 options that you drafted 
very late or scooped up off waivers. And I think that Jaden Reed has a chance to be that here where he has, I mean, he has really impressed me. He's a guy that I didn't really love as a prospect, but second round draft pick, which is always good. <laughs> My goodness. My goodness. I hope that somebody said bless you, but uh, he's currently the wide receiver 28 in points per game, which is insane. He's just, he's playing out there in 65% of the snaps. This is, uh, the rookie wide receiver report. Uh, just to get some context here, you have week one pass snap percentage, week two pass snap percentage, target route run, yards route run, PFF grade. We are looking for pretty much 80% plus in the pass snap percentage territory, uh, 25% plus target route run, two plus yards route run, 80 plus PFF grade. He hits the target route run threshold and the yards route run threshold. The PFF grade is pretty solid. Uh, and his 65% route participation uh, pass snap percentage means that there's room to improve for him, where he's not a full-time player just yet. And again, he's the wide receiver 28 right now. So if that goes up and he can get to like 80%, I mean, this is a really flat wide receiver room where you have, what, like Romeo, outside of Christian Watson, you have like just Romeo Dobbs and Ontavion Wicks. You have a pro promising QB there in Jordan Love. Jaden Reed, uh, very, very interesting. Uh, after that, we do have Tank Dell who I'm not sure what the upside is with Tank Dell, but we have seen smaller slot receivers be nice. Uh, he has an 81% snap percentage this week after being at 45%. He has now been elevated to pretty much starting wide receiver territory uh, in NFL terms, a starting NFL wide receiver, not, not necessarily starting fantasy wide receiver, but he was wide receiver 18 on the week. He had 19.3 PPR points, 10 targets, 7 catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown. He had 20.2 PPR points, and C.J. Stroud can play. C.J. Stroud has over 600 passing yards through two weeks here, so this passing offense is going to be very viable. Uh, Tank Dell, to me, uh, is a really nice PPR play that kind of reminds me of kind of like what a Hunter Renfro uh, was a couple years ago. Then we have Marvin Mims, who is more of a stash, where... Uh, you know, Tank Dell and Jaden Reed are guys who can actually get flexed already, right, where they're already on the field for over 65% of the pass snaps. That's not the case with Marvin Mims. Uh, he was on the field for, what, 12% of the snaps, but he was an absolute monster where he has the third highest PFF grade, uh, just 12% of the pass snaps, but 25% target route run. He had uh, two catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. I have to assume that with guys like Brandon Johnson and Lil' Jordan Humphrey out there, that that... 12% pass snaps number has to come up. He was really good last week. Um, he looks good. I think that that is coming for him. And then we have Jalen Hyatt here as our last like sort of rookie stash. Uh, not a full-time player at 28% of the pass snaps, but he flashed big playability. He had two for 89 last, uh, last game versus the Cardinals, sort of came up big for them. It's a weak depth chart with like Paris Campbell and Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton. Uh, it shouldn't be all that difficult for Jalen Hyatt to kind of climb things here. Uh, I would call Marvin Mims and Jalen Hyatt more of your guys that you're stashing. That first screenshot I showed where it's like week 10 plus point per game. Those are guys you're, you're rostering four weeks 10 on, not really as instant producers uh, at this point. Now, another ad we have is kind of an iffy one. Uh, I'm not crazy about it. Again, I wouldn't go crazy on him, but Craig Reynolds probably deserves to be rostered uh, where Montgomery... He has a right thigh injury. His projected timetable is week four to six. So he's going to miss a couple weeks here, maybe a few, uh, according to four for four with Jeff Mueller. And Gibbs was the featured back. Gibbs is going to be the featured back. But Craig Reynolds had a 100-yard rushing game a, a couple years ago. He's probably worth a flyer. Uh, maybe in game scripts where the Lions have a lead, he might be decent as well. To me, he's probably like a, an RB4, low-end RB3 type of guy, but he's still probably somebody that should be rostered, where you know anybody in the NFL who's getting 41% of the Lions' snaps 
should probably be rostered. Uh, but again, he's not anything too crazy. This is where we're kind of getting to the dumpster dive portion of the list. We have Josh Reynolds as well on top of Craig Reynolds. Not a ton of upside, but until Jamison Williams is back, he should be a flex play. He had 17.8 points per game. Uh, he's the wide receiver at 12 right now on the entire season. He has two touchdowns, uh, but I will say his expected points per game because of those touchdowns is wide receiver 34. Now, that's still a flex play. It just means that he's kind of been lucky recently, but this offense probably relies on the pass a little bit more with Montgomery gone. Josh Reynolds is kind of the main beneficiary, one of the main beneficiaries outside of Jameer Gibbs uh, of the injury. So Josh Reynolds, a nice flyer. Again, I wouldn't go really crazy on that. Uh, then we just have five running backs at the end here that shouldn't be on waivers. Uh, I don't understand why they, sh they weren't drafted or they weren't scooped up last week. And we'll kind of dust through them. First, we have the Ravens running backs. I have Gus Edwards' picture here, but Justice Hill as well. They're both uh, like under, I think they're, they're both under like 35% owned on ESPN. Uh, post Dobbins world, the split was pretty even where you have Hill taking 55% of the snaps, Gus at 45. Uh, both about the same rush attempts. Justice Hill running more pass routes, getting more targets, where Gus Edwards is dominating the snaps inside the five. So pretty much what it comes down to is Gus Edwards is your grinder goal line back. Justice Hill is your pass catcher with some juice. They're both fringy RB3s. Justice Hill probably better in trailing game scripts. Gus Edwards better in leading game scripts. So just something to think about. They're both guys that are probably guys that should be rostered. Uh, then we have Jalen Warren, who just like, this is just ridiculous. On ESPN, he's only 40% owned in ESPN leagues. Please go grab him. He is the most, or one of the most valuable handcuffs in all of fantasy football. Last night, he looked way more explosive, way more electric than Najee Harris. He catches passes. He's like 215 pounds as well. If Najee Harris was to ever go down, he'd be a top 12 running back rest of season. Then we have Tajay Spears. Similar story here. Not a similar story. I think Najee, I think Derrick Henry is much better than Najee. But Tajay Spears outsnapped Derrick Henry in week one. Didn't do it this week, but then he saw 10 touches this week, which is more than week one. So he's been very much in the mix where, again, he led the running backs in snaps in week one. Then he had 10 touches in week two. So he has a standalone role with massive handcuff upside. With Derrick Henry was to ever go down, Tajay Spears would be a top 15 play pretty much in, uh, instantly. And he reminds me, if you guys remember, like, Dontrell Hilliard's almost like Lynn Sanity run where he was like a really valuable handcuff and then Derrick Henry went down and Dontrell Hilliard was a absolute stud. Tyje Spears is very similar to that sort of asset in fantasy football, but he has a lot more juice uh, than Dontrell Hilliard. Then we have our last running back here, Roshan Johnson. And you would have thought that, like, everyone was screaming about him at the top of their lungs last week. He had like seven targets in week one and he's still only owned in 30.5% of ESPN League. So if he's out there, definitely scoop him as a nice little stash. Uh, Foreman was inactive, and I remember a lot of people were asking, like, Ron, are we starting Roshan Johnson over Deonta Foreman? Um, and, or not over Deonta Foreman, but are we starting Roshan Johnson with Deonta Foreman out? And I said, probably not. Like, yes, it makes it a two-man backfield, but he's still sort of working his way as the 1B in this backfield. And Dwayne McFarlane kind of points it out here, but Deonta Foreman is inactive, and it really just helps Khalil Herbert. His snaps went up, attempts went up, routes went up, targets went up. Short yard situation, snaps went up. Uh, but it is still a positive at the end of the day that Roshan Johnson is now in a two-man backfield instead of a three-man backfield. So things are more condensed here. Uh, he's a great handcuff. He had seven targets in week one. He's 225 pounds. So he does it all. If Khalil Herbert went down, Roshan Johnson would be a monster. And even without a Khalil Herbert injury, Roshan Johnson can earn the amount of snaps and touches to be a standalone asset as well. And then we have a bonus bunch of tight ends here uh, that I want to finish things off with. Uh, we have 
a bunch of guys that just stood out to me. We really just want to be going after volume and route participation. That's really what it comes down to. On the left-hand side, we have tight ends uh, sorted by expected points per game. Zach Ertz, of course, he has 9.8 points per game, but his volume dictates that he should be the tight end one right now. Now, he probably shouldn't be the tight end one, but it just goes to show how much volume he's getting in Arizona right now. Zach Ertz, a really good option. And then so is Jake Ferguson. He's at 6.6 points per game, which is way underperforming his expected points per game. He is the the tight end nine in expected points per game at 11.3. So he's also very nice. And then we have the route involvement guys on the right-hand side. Uh, you have Hunter Henry, you have Luke Musgrave, and you have Sam Laporta. Those are my five tight ends right now that I think are like, I would call them like back-end tight end ones rest of season that are very easy to get right now. If you're weak at tight end, if you have an injury at tight end, go grab one of those five guys, Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave, Hunter Henry, Zach Ertz, Jake Ferguson. Now, that is going to do it for us today, fellas. I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you learned something new. As always, if you want my complete write-up for the waiver wire with all my recommendations for fab bidding and my exact rankings of each player, that'll be on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. You'll find the link in the description and the comment section down below. But if you're not interested and you don't want to support there, just leave a like, subscribe, comment down below, and I will see you guys in the next one.